0: Welcome to the Mastering B2B Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Jesus McDonald. Enjoy the show. What do you love about demand generation?
1: Uh it's a good question. There there there's a couple there's a couple things I really like. Um I like that it's you know, it's essentially sales with with words, right? Like, it it, it it like a lot like you mentioned, copywriting. Like, like a lot of demand gen is copywriting. Um, I think for someone like me, who's like uh, you know goal oriented, um, likes hitting a number, um, demand gen is like a great place for that. Um, I love all aspects of marketing, but I think especially people coming from like sales and sales development, like it, it's more of a it's more of a performance based marketing. And, um, and I think that's fun. I think, I think it's really fun to, to use both, um, quantitative and qualitative skills, which I think are both important, right? Like Mm -hmm. the whole point of demand generation, right. is to like either, I guess in a B2B setting, generate leads that turn into meetings that turn into pipeline that ultimately turns into revenue. So it's extremely like revenue focused. Your, your work is very, um, it's it's well not all of it but a good amount of it is very clear on like what's your ROI and the impact it's making on your business,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and so it's really fun to be both creative with like your copy and the ads and and you know just like the strategies you deploy, um, and then at the same time be very like data driven and, and track everything and and look at the numbers and and optimize and A, B test and do all those things. So um, I think it's a, it's really the best of of both worlds in marketing. Um, And then it's exciting. Like, like for me, I, I, I still am always like, I guess less now, but when I started, I'm always like amazed that uh, like, when someone like reads something like an ad or a landing page and then like converts, I'm always like, Holy crap. Like, like, I can't believe like these words convinced them to like, To talk to our sales team um and i think it's really gratifying um when you run a campaign or you know you do any of these things you test and then like you you see results like it's almost like um i like to think of it as like scoring a goal in soccer Um, I i used to play soccer um and like, like booking a meeting, like booking a meeting through a campaign or whatever it is you're doing. It's like, it's like scoring a goal, right? It's like, it's like fun. It's exciting. It's getting you to your goal. It's not the end of the game, right? Like it's not, um, there's still like, you know, there's still the month, quarter, year to hit, but it's just one meeting, right? You still got this, <laughs> right, goal to hit. but like, but like, I always, I always feel that the same way as like, when you score a goal, as you score a goal, as you do when you book a meeting, it's, it's like, it's like, yes, like, that, that was awesome. Like, and, um, you know, you're not, you're not done by any means, but, um, it, I, I, I really enjoy that, those moments, especially like when you try something new or something risky.
0: So it's in a sense, would you say that it's kind of like a BDR position, except without hitting the aggressive quotas?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, I, I think it's very, um, hand in hand, uh, like the, the BDR and the demand gen role and demand gen, should, like in all my demand gen roles, I've worked so closely with the SDR team or BDR team. Mm. Um, the reason being is because every, you know, in B2B, every, every lead or activity has to have a human interaction eventually. Right. Even if it's someone requesting a demo, right. You gotta, you gotta reach out and pick up the phone and say, Hey guys, I want right. a demo with So um in all of these campaigns, the SDRs are, are like, they're pivotal. Like if, if they're not performing correctly or they're not doing their job to the best ability, it, like if they're not succeeding, you're not succeeding as a demand gen person. So hmm. investing the time to like work with them and like set things up in a way where it's, it's as easy as possible for them to know what to do, to have good copy to follow up with, to clearly understand like what the campaign is and how they should follow up. It's, it's so important. And in those two, those two functions, like they're almost like they're not the same function, but they're inner, they're really interconnected. Mm-hmm. And um and yeah, I think I think it has that same, it, it's similar conceptually, where like you have to hit a goal. Um, you're using, you're using words, right? Like you're right. using communication to do it, and you have to use like numbers and strategy and test things to figure out what works. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it's like it's it's extremely similar. And that's I think um I actually think being an SDR really helped me become a better demand gen person because um, you, yeah. perspect- you got to see that perspective. You um, got to see that perspective, and and I think the other thing about um, being an SDR um, and then going to demand gen is you if you've done the role, you know as an SDR like you just want good leads. You want the right leads, like, like the decision makers, your, your company is going after you want, like ideally you want them warm. Um, yeah. and you just want to book the meeting, right. You just want to get the meeting and the opportunity and like hit your goal for the month. Totally. So like everything else that's, that sometimes marketers like, and I don't mean to discount, like, you know, there's a lot of things going on in the background that are long term, but like, you know, if, if, Like, I don't know, for example, like if you create a blog post, like the SDR doesn't care that much, right? They're like, okay, but how am I going to, how am I going to get the meeting? And I think when you think the way they do, then you can like, and, and I think, like, I think blog posts and all that stuff and brand building is important. I'm not taking away from that. But like, I think once you can think like they do, then you're like, okay, how do I, like, how do I get them better leads? How do I get them the right people? How do I set them up so that it's so easy for them to book this meeting and then if they're successful, you're successful. So it's it's an extremely um,
0: what have you? What roles are so interconnected? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. no, no, no. It's good. They are interconnected. It's like sales and marketing, right? So my totally. thing, my thing. I was going to ask is what have you found to be the most helpful to a SDR or BDR? Same thing to me, but. What, what has been the most helpful to them when they're like, hey, Scott, I appreciate this. This helps a ton on booking meetings.
1: Yeah. So, most, I mean, a lot of SDR teams um, without marketing support, right, they, they have to hit their goal no matter what. So um, that could be, you know, that, most of that is done cold, right? Just like getting a list of prospects um and reaching out calling and and you know it definitely works but it's it's you know it's a it's a lower conversion rate um so i think what's been best when i've worked with ser teams is to come up with strategies to make it easier easier for them to book meetings Mm -hmm. um and i think that's where marketing comes in so you know a, a basic example is like you create a guide right like and like and you get like all these people to download the guide, then you pass them over, right? And like mm-hmm. for the SCR, right, it's a much easier way to follow up, right? Instead of just being like this random person, right? You can call and say like, "Hey, I saw you download this guide on on how to how to improve your website, right? Like, I'm curious if you're interested in learning more about how we help, you know, like something like that, right? It's a much easier right, right. conversation. It's warmer. Um, so I think finding. The ways to make it easier for them is the key, um, and I think there's there's a bunch of ways you can do that. Um, one is through content. Um, I've actually deployed uh, a lot of direct mail campaigns
0: mm. uh,
1: in the past where we we actually send like physical uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, like cookies to people. Um, oh, nice, you got to send me something. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, if if, if we want to book a meeting with, no, I'm kidding. Um, Yeah. But it's, 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 it's mind blowing how that works. Um, how simple it is, but it's just doing these things that hopefully make it a little easier when you reach out. Right. Yeah. Like if I send you a tin of cookies and you love cookies and you're like, these are really good. Mm -hmm. It's something different that, that I'm
0: doing. Um, right. It's kind of of like going into product marketing and advertising in itself, like promotional marketing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In a, in a way. Um, but I think what it like, especially with the direct mail stuff, stuff, I think it's, um, it's just a way to like provide a little bit of value. And like, you know, we're right. probably getting berated with like emails from salespeople all the time, right? Just like all saying, the time, hey, even on LinkedIn, all the time, <laughs> all the time, right? Like, like, you're probably like, you know, people saying, "Hey, please, please check out my product."
0: <laughs> right? Like, I have a quarter to please Desperate. check out my product. Desperate, especially now, in the month, right? <laughs> right, right. So,
1: so when you do something like sending a direct mail or a gift or a tin of cookies, um, yeah, it, um, you know, it's just kind of like it, I think it just throws people off guard a little bit. It's like, huh, like they did, they did something nice for me. It's personal, and then like, yeah, and then you like, you know, then when the SDR reaches out. It's like, it's not like, it's like, Hey, did you get that tin of cookies I sent you? And, and people, a lot of times people are like, Oh yeah, that was like, thank you for that. Like, mm-hmm. and then what it does, it just like puts their guard down and then you can at least have a conversation regardless of if, if your, if your software is the right fit for them or it's the right time. Um, but it's things like that, that I think just make their job easier. So I think, you know, they have such a tough job whenever you can do right. things that make it easier and can produce results for them. Then, then you start like, they start being like, okay, like demand, I like demand gen. They're like... They're help. They're helping us. So um, that's what I think
0: helps make it easy. It's just like
1: thinking. I like oh, them. Just be a little more creative.
0: Yeah, and I think you're the first demand gen. I'm sure there's a lot of them out there that go that extra step, and will send cookies, right, or a gift. Where I'm thinking, that's the salesperson's job to do that and nurture leads, prospects, clients. Like, so it's interesting because you're basically going above and beyond in order to help the SDR right and then what you're also mentioning is giving them like a guide or even templates here's here's some templates that that i put together just save it paste it copy paste it personalize it
1: yeah you know totally that that, that's a big part too that i didn't mention is like right the follow-up is so important um right that like you gotta also set them up for success there too so like if you run a webinar um Mm -hmm. and you just say hey like we ran a webinar, here are the leads, like, go, go do your thing. They're going to be like, well, what was the webinar about? Like, like what is important about it that relates to me reaching out? How do I reach out? Um, and what, yeah. and like, if you don't, if you it, like, they'll just, they either end up doing two <laughs> um, or, or they'll just, they just won't do it, right? They'll be like, I, I'm confused. I, I have a lot of things to do. I have a goal I have to hit. Like, I'm just mm-hmm. not gonna, I'm just not gonna do this. I'll just keep doing what I'm doing where I know I can get meetings. Um, so a big part also, like if you're running a webinar, for example, is like really setting them up for success. So um, right. if, you have a, if you have a CRM, right? Like making sure like the leads are around with them in their name, like they, they, there's an easy place for them to just like take them and, and start reaching out. Um, making sure that, like you said, making sure the message is, Messaging is there. Like a lot of times, I write. I write the cadence, um, and um, I'm open to them. Like if they're like, "Hey, I don't want to. I don't want to say this." Like uh, I'm like, "Yeah, like change it." But but hey, just like here are some emails and some like talk tracks that you can use. Um, So you want to basically tee it up in a way where like it's so hard for them not to do what Mm -hmm. they need to do to be successful, right? Um, And that's that's a big part of it. So um, yeah, I I I agree. I agree with what you're saying.
0: Uh, Yeah, and it also brings me up more questions um which is and it helps that you have a sales background too like a lot of, a lot of marketers have a sales background <laughs> so if if you're let's just say giving cookies that's the only thing that stuck to my mind which i love because it's very personal um you're going above and beyond your your sales background is helping you tremendously to help you be successful and your SDR be successful you're helping the SDR as well too right would you think and I, it doesn't have to be with you. This could be for all demand gen um, specialists. Is shouldn't demand gen professionals get paid commission?
1: Yeah, if, they. If uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. They 100 percent should. Um, the question is, what do you what do you compensate them on? And a lot of times, you'll see um, businesses comp, compensate on like. MQLs or leads. Um, and I think that's that's wrong. That's not... that That's like a marketing view. Um, well, I, it can depend on the business, but I, I think that's wrong. I think ultimately, it should be either um, compensated on pipe sales pipeline, like a, an actual number. Mm-hmm. And honestly, and this might be an unpopular opinion, um, I think it should act like I really... It should either be pipeline, a combination of pipeline and revenue, or it should just be revenue. Like and honestly, like in my head, I think it should just be revenue. Um, because I think a problem and I I've, I've done this, so I'm not I'm not judging anyone. Um, a problem sometimes even with demand gen, even though you're more results focused, mm-hmm. you don't really see things through to the end. And ultimately what matters for the business is like, does something close, right? Does it like right. does it generate business for you? So so even like I mean, pipeline is obviously really good because it's a leading indicator of, of right. revenue, but um, it's interesting sometimes when you look back at like the data and like, you'll see like so little of like your leads closed into deals. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think when, when demand genders marketers are incentivized on revenue, it's, it, there's a couple really good benefits. Like one is your, you should be aligned with your sales team, right? Like if you are focused on revenue, then right. like you, you getting a, a demo request from a garbage account, it's not yeah. a win, right? That and it shouldn't be a win, right? It, it's essentially useless. It's, a, it's useless to the business, but right. but um, but not all marketers see it that way, right? Because if you have an MQL goal or like a, a hot lead goal or demo request goal, then you get one in, you're like you're like, all right, cool, counts towards my goal, even though it's going to yeah. provide absolutely zero zero value to the business. Um, and, and then the second thing is you're you start thinking like the salesperson, right? And you start thinking like, okay, well, like. I need to make sure the right accounts are talking to us, right? Because those are the ones that are going to close. Mm-hmm. Um, if people are talking to us, how can I help the sales team to close more deals, right? Can I can I write content that'll help them, right? Can we get more case studies? Um, you start thinking bottom of funnel as well, not just top. And I think a lot of times, demand gen people just think top. And I've done that. I've done that before. Like I, you know, I've just been right, like, right. cool, like pipeline, pop, pop, up, But like, it doesn't close, right? And like, there's value into talking to these people, but you know, not much, right? It, need, it needs to close. So. Um, I would I would argue um, that um, that demand gen people should be only compensated on revenue because then then you're mm-hmm. like completely aligned. And I right. think some people would some people would like push back and say um, they would say, "Oh, well, like, but they don't, you know the salesperson affects revenue is too far down the, the funnel; they won't see the, the fruits of their labor." And I get that, but I I also think like if you're if you if you're very data driven and you're a good demand gen person. You just inherently know that, like, right? If your if your team's close rate is thirty percent, then you need you need three x the pipeline to hit that revenue goal. So, like, you still have to like you still have to drive towards towards the pipeline goal, Um, but
0: you're also really thinking about like, okay, and how do I get these over the finish line? Right. And I know for statistics um, or data is when you look at it and it's like lead source Google, and then and (laughs) and yeah. and then it's closed deal, right? But you know that came from your efforts. That's really hard, right? At the same time. Have you totally. ever had to deal with something like that? Uh, yeah, I mean, well, what,
1: is the question like dealing with like understanding where it came from or just like...
0: Understanding where it came from. Um, to me, the, the software that I think about is HubSpot, you know, it's not very in-depth with the analytics and the lead source and where it came from, it will say it came from Google. Right. And then from there, it's like social media, but it, it's like, okay, it came from Facebook, but it's like, there's so many marketing efforts and strategies that are going on. It's like, which one did it really come from? So because we have to see how to tweak this stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, um, this is like, it's a huge challenge for everyone, including myself. It's an ongoing like, thing. <laughs> yeah, you'll never, you'll never like fully know, right? Um, yeah. Because to your point, like, how do you track one of your customers telling a friend that they should check you out, right? Like, right. You're never gonna, you're never gonna see that, right? Like, so there's there's all these efforts going on in the background. Um. So my like, my thought on it is like. Don't don't over-index on it and like get too in the weeds with, with attribution because um, it's just so hard, right? Like there's so many things you can't you can't pinpoint. Um, however, I do think there are things you can look at. Um, one is right, the, the first touch, right? Like where did it get sourced? Two is like the actual channel um, that the lead came through where they converted on your website. Um, and then the third thing I would say is um is if you do have some type of attribution tool, you can just look at it holistically and like across like all touch points, like just see like what's what's touching the most revenue. Um and I I really like that first touch and the lead conversion. Um, I think though especially from a demand gen perspective, it's interesting because obviously the way they filled out the form is important. But a lot of times what you'll see, like if you look at your Google Analytics and like this has happened to me all the time, is um is like it's usually like two to three touch points before they convert. It's very rare that it's the first time. So um, understanding what that first touch is is interesting. Like, like a lot of times, people like and I'll like, I've even done this. I've been like oh like ad, Google AdWords isn't working. Like we're just not right. seeing people convert. But then if you look at analytics, you'll see like oh well like they actually did click on one of our ads. They 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 went to the site. They left and then they came direct. So like mm-hmm. like you'll see that you'll see that so many times. And um, so I think. I think it's good to get more of a story than just like where did it convert or where was the first touch. Um, and then the second thing to what I said is like, just like what is, what is touch like at a holistic level, like, of, like revenue, like is right. getting generated, like what is touching across the entire, in, entire funnel, right? Is it a, is it a white paper? Is it a case study? Like I think seeing those things, then get, they give you a good indication of like, okay, this is, this is helping or it's not right. If it's doing none of it, then it's like, okay, like right. just stop. But, um, but it's it's a hard thing. It's it's a really it's a really hard thing. Another example that comes to my mind is um, at my last company, one of the businesses I I, I helped with um, from a direct conversion perspective, um, AdWords was working very well. Mm-hmm. From a direct conversion perspective, LinkedIn, like LinkedIn was getting no attribution to anything. And I was spending equally on both those channels, so I was like, "This is a no-brainer. Shut off LinkedIn and just double the AdWords spend." Yeah. And um, it didn't actually end up improving results. It actually ended up worsening uh, it. And um, and what we what we like found when we dug into things was a lot of times these people coming through AdWords, it was their second, um, it was their second or third interaction with us. So what, and we're not for sure certain on this, but what we concluded is like. Maybe that LinkedIn remarketing was actually doing something, right? We just couldn't really see it, but right. just being right, being top of mind with these people got them back. Top of so, mind is everything,
0: um,
1: right? And like, and that was like, that was something I couldn't measure it, right? And, I, and honestly, I, I might have been wrong, but like, I, it made a lot of sense, right? Because then we turned it back on, and things kind of went um, the way. So, like, it's just it's just really hard. I think, I think the, the, another good thing to do is just like, look at it in aggregate, right? Cause you have this whole digital strategy, right? Across mm-hmm. like all these channels, whether it's Facebook, Google, LinkedIn, uh, Captera, right? Like you're doing all these things and they all kind of play into each other, right? Like you might be looking for a CRM, right? Like HubSpot and like you go to cap, you go to like G2 crowd or Captera, right? And you start looking mm-hmm. at like, okay, what are the best ones, right? Then you're like, okay, that's interesting. I didn't know HubSpot was like a top one, cool. Then you start getting like remarketing ads, right? Then you click on it, you learn more. And then you get like another one and like, right? And then all of a sudden you, right, you're, you're talking to their sales team. So um, I think looking at it holistically and saying like, hey, look, here's everything I spent
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and here's everything I got returned from it is like a, is a much better gauge of like,
0: hey, is what I'm doing working or is it not? Yeah. I was also thinking about how important it is then for a demand generation professional to be in those weekly sales meetings, to be in those quarterly sales meetings, um, to understand the revenue goals, to understand the quota, even though they're not being put on a quota, quarterly quota. I just think it's valuable just to be in there. Hey, what works? What doesn't work? Um, how are they you know, finding their leads? Um, Is there anything that I can do to support, you know, et cetera, right? And another thing I was going to mention is you mentioned copywriting, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's important for demand gen professionals, but really all B2B marketing professionals to one, learn how to be really good at copywriting, take a course, read books, um, or hire a copywriter that actually does the research and can back it up with data and can can write phenomenal copy um have you seen like hey definitely a requirement to know copywriting or be good at copywriting or you've seen more i guess it depends on how big the marketing department is right because there's people that outsource copywriting right
1: yeah. I've never, I've never been in a business where they outsourced it. Um, I, I think it's, I think you're, I think it's necessary, right. To, to be successful in the role. Like again, demand gen is getting people to right, like attend the webinar, download the guide, right. request a demo and all those, in all those instances, you're selling something, right. Whether it's like, totally right. You might not feel like it, right. But you're selling the guide, right. It's like, mm-hmm. It, 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 so so if you can't communicate why someone should should read it and what's in it for them then like you're not going to get as many people downloading the guide right and that's going to lead to less people taking a demo with you and it's going to lead to you missing you know your goals so mm-hmm. um it's it's so important and i i've seen it i've seen it so many times where like people will just like like you know if you're if you're doing a webinar like they'll just list like what they're going to talk about, but they won't, they won't take it a step further and say like, here's why, here's how, like, here's why this will help you. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, so they'll just be like, all right. uh, Like the webinar on website fundamentals, um, you'll learn like what, like what's WordPress, like, like, I don't know how to set up WordPress. Like, and I guess, I guess those are kind of valuable in a way, but like, you could always take it a step further. Right. And be like, like, what's WordPress and like why will it enable you to like generate like tons of organic traffic, right? right? Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? You can always take it that step further. That's, that really like, um, is geared towards an outcome. Mm -hmm. And, and I I see a lot of people not doing that and that's gonna, it's gonna hurt their results. Right. So I think, um, yeah, I think it's so important. I think it's a skill that is, uh, I actually think it's, it's, um, it's under, uh, I don't know what the word is like, it's underrated. It's, it's not valued enough in, in B2B because yeah. um, we're, we're so, we're so numbers focused sometimes that like, right. we forget that like these are humans who are like, you know, who humans like need to be persuaded. To <laughs> yeah. And you gotta be, you gotta be like persuasive. And, um and I think if you, if like, if you can understand your customer really well and understand what makes them tick, then like
0: yeah, yeah. everything else is going to be a lot easier. What has been, because yeah, you've done webinars, ads, all these things. What has been the most helpful keywords to hook them? Um, It depends on, uh, you know,
1: obviously depends on the business. Um, You know, whenever you can use numbers, that's important, right? Like if I, if I say to you, uh, you know, I could say to you like how how to save, you know, time building your website or it's like how, how you can save. 5 hours a day building your you know you know what i'm saying right. Specific, specificity i think is is impactful um i think the the biggest thing again is to like take it a step further um i think a lot of times there's like a benefit and then there's an outcome so i think like if the benefit is um uh getting more leads like like i think asking the next question being like okay what is what is getting more leads ultimately help you do and it's like maybe it's like right. well generating revenue and like what does generating revenue help you do And it's like makes you look like a, a star in front of your your boss right it's like mm-hmm. okay that's like that's the real like reason <laughs> we're going for it, and being able to talk to that right like right. that maybe the then maybe the like how to be a rock star <laughs> right how to how to like be a rock star for your boss using google ads right then it's like right, okay right. now you're like now you're talking to something deep right so right, um, right. i think i think i think the biggest thing is just taking it taking it a step further um because a lot of people just start at that first part right, right. just like How to get leads, right? Which which like is persuasive, but that deeper stuff, and if you know
0: it, then it's like, okay, like that's where you like you're gonna get someone's attention. It's almost like you gotta hit their uh pressure point. Totally. Um
1: yeah, yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying to think if there's there's anything else. Um Yeah, that's what comes to mind. I'm trying to think of like in in my in uh in my current business, Nicex right now. Um, there's a lot going on right now with like supply chain disruptions. I'm sure you've seen like the news with like the Suez canal and like, right. um, maybe some of the poor congestion in, uh, in long beach. Um, big, big things are like, you know, uh, around supply chain disruptions, um, like enhancing supply chain reliability, supply chain resilience is a big thing in our business. So like using those words, um, right. you know, how to, how to improve sure. resilience. Yeah. those.
0: Those seem to tick with with our audience. Resilient and adaptable. Yep. There you go. <laughs> Resilience so, is the name of the game. Yeah, yeah. So out of all the demand generation strategies that you've done over the years, what has been the most effective strategy for you?
1: Yeah, it it really depends on on the business. So <laughs> Right. A lot of companies I've worked with um, are heavily like account based marketing plays. Um, it, we went after the, the top end of, of the of the um, industry um, it was a finite market. There weren't that many accounts. So doing more account based um, strategies were successful with that. So I guess if you're if you're working in a business where um, you know everyone in your market um, going after the the larger, uh, customers is, is more is more profitable and beneficial to your business than going with an account based some account based marketing strategies. I think is is the move, and some of the ones that have worked well are um, are direct mail, like I like I mentioned, um, that that works surprisingly well. Um, there are some down da- there are some downsides to it because sometimes people will just take a meeting with you because they'll be like, "Well, you, you just sent me a gift, so I'm <laughs> I feel uh, obligated to." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that happens, but um, but it also it also you know there's people who who hear you out and, and, and have a need for it so hmm. um that one has worked extremely well it hasn't worked well now because most people aren't in, in the office but um that
0: was another question are, i was going to ask you is how do you get
1: their address when they're all working fully remote yeah that uh, that's to be honest it's been a struggle and like we tried it we tried um there's now some of these tools are um they have an e-gift component now where like you can like send them an email saying you like I want you know we want to send you a gift and then like confirm your address and you can send mm-hmm. it. Um, it it didn't it didn't work well. I think people just like were like, "What is this?" and what, like, "Why are they?" You know, like, yeah, this yeah. is a scam. Um, but um, in the in the I guess when if people go back to the office, that's like that's a good strategy. And then the other thing we've been doing from from an account based um strategy is um we've been doing these roundtables. Um, where we make them like very exclusive. So um, Hmm. they're, you know, they're people having discussions. We bring in a speaker who's like very reputable. um, And we tell, we've been telling our customers, I mean, this is the truth. Like, you know, we say, hey, this is like an exclusive event. We're only inviting like, you know, VPs of supply chain um, at, you know, a top company. Like this isn't for everyone. So like, let us know because we only have so many spots. Invite only. Um, yeah and and then we also try to add it on with a really cool speaker to just like kind of show like and this is your guys webinars right yeah and um and uh and uh that that worked really well um yeah i think and i think like you know a lot of times in demand gen you think oh i need like i need like thousands of people here but sometimes you don't right like if you can get no. like 15 massive accounts to show up right like and you you know, you close five of them or like that. It's a big, it's a big win. Right. Right. So, Very um, targeted. so I think, think, yeah, so I think thinking of those extremely targeted ways to like do something special for the people you want to get in front of the most, like that's been really successful. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in, in other businesses, um, like one of the businesses I worked for at my last company was, um, was called equity effect. It was like a cap table, uh, management software. And, um, and because cap table software is an existing, um, it's like an, people know about it, It's like an existing category. Um, there, was of, uh, there was a lot of opportunity to do SEO. there's a lot of opportunity for like that where Google AdWords was working. Capterra was a big driver. Um, and those things are nice because like, to me, those are more like systematic um, approaches. So like, mm-hmm. right, if, 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 if cap table management software, right, if we're bidding on that and we're getting five opportunities a month from that, like I don't I don't have to like I don't have to do that much to like to maintain that right and honestly there's some easy ways to maybe get more out of it right I can just like spend more on it I can like AB test the 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 ad copy there I can like try to tighten the targeting so um, what's nice about those frameworks is like they are more systems right so like when you build these systems then then it's easier to to improve them and it's and it's less work to maintain a lot of these account based things I'm talking about, you have to like keep right. doing them, right? They take work. And like, um, if you like if you if I went on vacation for four weeks, right, it would just stop, right? It wouldn't it wouldn't keep it wouldn't necessarily keep uh keep up. Right. But like with something like AdWords or like SEO and like, you know, they, they dip and change at times. But like some like in that business, I, I did feel like sometimes I could like take a week or two off and like things wouldn't really change because there's these mm. systems in place that are consistent. Right, so right. um depending on the makeup of your addressable market and like who you're focused on, like, I think that both those approaches work. And on, honestly, like the best strategy, I think is doing both of those things, right? Like creating that system that is getting you repeatable results, but then on top of that layering an account base where like you're getting larger opportunities um, with more high value clients. I think like you gotta be, you really gotta be doing both.
0: Yeah. One idea that came to mind, you might already be doing this is getting their mailing address for the webinars or even a podcast interview. I mean, I'm not doing this, but now I'm considering it (laughs) is like, if I sent you, you know, an email and and you said, or a message on LinkedIn and you said, yeah, we'd love to be on the show. I'm like, great. I'm excited to have you on. And then kind of like, here's a link, Google form or more, something more professional than that. You know, maybe it's a site link and it should basically ask for, you know, important information, or I ask you questions that I'm going to ask you during the podcast interview. But then it says something like, what's your mailing address so we can send you a gift. And if we don't want to f- make them feel obligated, I say, what's your address so I can send you some free swag. <laughs> Who doesn't want free swag? <laughs> yeah. Like that's a good way to, to get someone's mailing address. Just an idea that came top of mind right now. Yeah. And
1: actually what we used to do um, when people were in the office is we'd actually have the SCRs like call the office hmm. and you know, you would get like a secretary and um and you would, like we would be like hey i want to send like jesus a gift um i just want to confirm that he still works in this office and they would just be like yeah, yeah he works like because to your point it's like it's not like hey i want to like i want to like go to i want to go to jesus's office like you know it, right, it's more right. just like hey i want to send him a gift like i'm just confirming that he works here and they be like yeah yeah he like he works here so
0: totally so. they want to make sure that gift is handed to the right person
1: <laughs> right <laughs> um, not
0: just sit in their office that's vacant <laughs> <laughs> but to your point, like saying, like
1: you know, like, hey, I'm I'm sending, like, I'm gonna send you something valuable, right? Like, that, right. that's totally different than, hey, I want your address so I can put it in my CRM and I know, right, way,
0: right? So. <laughs> right, and people would appreciate the free swag, right? Or even if you're totally say, you know, straightforward, um, we're gonna send you a gift. Um, I mean, that's awesome. They already are, you know, have expressed interest in signing up for the webinar. So that just takes it a step further to do the ongoing follow-up and nurturing, right? So I love that. That just gave me ideas. Uh, even when doing podcast interviews like these, right? Um, another question that I have is what's a commonly held belief in B2B marketing that you passionately disagree with?
1: I think, I think the biggest thing that that bothers me is when is when people like people think that um that your audience like doesn't want anything that's like entertaining or like cute like cutesy or like anything creative they're like no 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 like you're selling to like to like 60 year old white dudes like they don't want that and like i think that is complete crap i think like Mm. like we're all humans we all like watch netflix and like reality right like we're all, we all like entertainment and and i think like b2b is traditionally like extremely boring right it's extremely like here's a blog post on five ways you can generate more leads or here's a blog post on the rl right it's like we like everyone like everyone thinks that like it's like logic first which i think is not true i think it's emotion people like buy with emotion then then rationalize with logic so like to think that um think that your audience doesn't like, obviously you need to be informative and be a thought leader, but like to not make that entertaining or do things that are funny or do things that are more interesting. Like, I think that's like, it's such a mistake because there's at this point, there's so many companies that are like, you know, trying to get in front of your buyer. And like, if you're just going to like send them, you know, just a blog post, like, like it's just not as engaging. Um, so like, I think a lot of times that I've been in businesses where people are like, no, like, don't, like, don't do that. Like, like, let's not, let's not rock the boat. It's not like, right. Like, and I think that's the biggest mistake, right. Cause it's just, you're just conforming to what, to what everyone else is doing. So I think the companies and I, and there's companies that are doing it right. That are like wildly succeeding, Um, mm-hmm. that are like doing things differently, being a little more personal, personable, you know, doing creative things, like thinking a little bit outside the box and like, not that much, not, not like crazy creativity, just like a little bit outside of what, of what normal companies are doing, I think they're like getting a lot of attention. I think a good, a good example, and one that I I think about a lot is um is Drift, um the the conversational marketing software. They have like all these podcasts. Their companies they're doing all these video right the videos. You like learn a lot about their company. They do like really creative things. They'll like they'll um they'll do like billboard ads. Like they'll do all these like things that are just a little different and more honestly more similar to a B two C brand than a B two B brand. And, um, right. They've, they've amassed a massive audience and fans. Um, I'll like, I'll be honest, I'll be honest. Like when I, um, we bought Drift at, I used to have two companies, but I helped, I helped be a part of the decision-making process, um, for, for the first company that I bought at, at Honest Buildings. And um, to be honest, like, like, I do think there's value in chatbots, but I don't think that was the real reason I bought. I think I just thought this company was really cool and I just wanted to be like a part of it. Um, and there's no, there's nothing rational about that, right? <laughs> like, it's like, it's like buying shoes, right? It's like, you just want to like look cool. I mean, I guess, I guess shoes can have functionality too. But um, so I think there's a, more of an opportunity for companies to do that. Um, and NYSEX, I've been really trying to push that. And, and, and the company has been all about it, which has been awesome. Um, you know, like we're doing a podcast where mm-hmm. we're, we're creating funny videos, like we're doing things a little, a little differently, like not, not that much differently. Right. Like it, it's, it's not, it's not that hard to do this podcast, but, um, but it's different, right. You're, you're not just posting a blog post on LinkedIn, like everyone else, right. You're posting snippets and videos and like, it's more engaging. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the big opportunity right now, especially where, where when the bar, the bar is so low, like, <laughs> Just just doing a podcast, right? I think that's like a way to stand out from your competitors. Um, so that would be my my that's my that's my gripe, and that's that's what I think should change.
0: I love it. Yeah, I love it, and I completely agree with you too. Lastly, the moment that everyone's been waiting for. <laughs> Do you have any advice or tips for our audience?
1: Uh, yeah, I guess I guess as it relates to demand gen, a few things. Um, one, I would say is like kind of one of the themes we've we talked about is like aligning with your sales team, thinking like a salesperson, um, thinking like an SDR and like really thinking about the, the, the bottom line outcome of what the business is trying to do. Um, I think marketing sometimes disconnects from that. And um, I think like that's where the most value comes is when you're like super aligned um, with your sales partners and like, really figuring out like, Hey, like, this is what we're trying to do. These are the type of accounts. This is what I'm going to go help with. I think that's like, that's a recipe for success. Um, The other thing I would say is if you're, if you're new to demand gen, um, it's kind of, it's like a, it's like a a relatively new thing. It's like a little, it's a little vague. I've had people reach out and be like, how do I like learn more about demand gen? And I think you can't really like demand gen is, is a, is actually a, um, it's like a bunch of different skills like put together. So like, so like you, you need to learn email marketing, right. You need to learn copywriting, you need to learn like SEO, you need to learn account-based marketing, you need to learn how to do like LinkedIn ads, Google ads, Facebook ads, right. They're all kind of different. Um, so I think, um, it's really about understanding what are the parts and specifically, I guess for your business, like, what are the things you think will drive results? And then like you got to learn those things individually. Um, so so i don't think there's like one it's it, i don't know of a way to just like learn it it's like mm-hmm. it's like break it down into pieces start learning different things testing them seeing what works um and then
0: um and yeah that's I, that's how i think you ultimately come up with like a more holistic strategy awesome well scott thank you for your time And I always enjoy having our conversations. I feel like we're always learning and creating new ideas and experimenting with different things. So I appreciate your time. I appreciate you.
1: Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on. This was a lot of fun.
0: Hey everyone, thank you for listening to this episode of the Mastering B2B Marketing Podcast. It's so awesome to hear from CMOs, of marketing to marketing managers and administrators just listening to this podcast and getting a ton of value from it. If you've been listening to this podcast and gaining value from it, I would really appreciate it if you could leave a rating in the podcast section. It would mean a lot to me. Thank you in advance and I'm looking forward to reading your review.